Guys, I'm sorry. The best part of the show already. All happened. right. Yeah. I just made John hit, <laughs> hit the start air. stream. I, I just honestly, made him hit start stream because I was like, dude, just say all just, this stuff on air. Jimmy, we used this was I used to do this all the time <laughs> as a as a producer. Yeah. We'd yeah. be in a room and Fire we'd get a topic. Up. And all the only reason we'd have these pre-show meetings is to determine whether there was enough juice. Yep. To have to have the to 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 inter, to entertain a particular topic, and as soon as people start arguing, we're like, "Shut up, shut up, save it for the show." You know, yep, pretty much. We've got the juice. Obviously, this is a topic. You guys you, disagree? Have you it would, out. No, I mean, I haven't even said my piece yet, but you you would stir the pot and then say, "All right, guys, get out there and start the show." <laughs> Everyone's all fired up like two <laughs> seconds before. <laughs> yeah, let's do the show. Save it for the show. You know, but yeah, you're right. You're right. So pissed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we were initially going to do. Uh, garden report tonight and talk about all the crazy things that are happening in the NBA. And mm-hmm. oh my God, Durant is getting traded and Kyrie is going to get tricked. Kyrie is going to take the minimum uh, and, and uh, $6 million to play for the Lakers. And that means KD is gone. And the Nets had said that it's both or neither. And oh my God, should we disrespect Jalen Brown by continuing to suggest he be traded for one of the top 15 players who's ever lived? Oh, the disrespect, the horror. He hates you. Um, oh, my God. It's so disrespectful. How could you say these things about JP? You booed him uh, when he was drafted. <laughs> Stop disrespecting JP. Um, but people everything... are literally adding me, being like, look what you did. Look what you did. <laughs> you guys did this. Yeah. Uh, but then Come it on. all blew apart about an hour ago when Kyrie Irving, um, you know, decides to opt in. Um to uh his 37 million he showed them yes. right so brave i mean did you see so, that statement uh so normal people it. normal people hold on make the world turn uh, i'll put it i, I don't i want to ask Kyrie, what am i a normal person or a sheep um you know You're which of the two somewhere in the middle yeah um so here's a statement okay Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving on opting in to remain with the Nets. Normal people keep the world going, but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. I've made my decision to, uh, I've made the brave decision. Can I add, can I add a little? You can add, you can add that, yeah. I've made the brave decision to opt in. See you in the fall. Get like You're not opting into war, dude. You're, you're opting into a multi-million dollar contract like what an iconoclast huh this this guy is different like he just joined the marines or something he thinks different this guy made the bold and uh, you know this is a choice few of us had made would have made to take 37 million dollars to play basketball instead of six million dollars oh (laughs) again you would think you would think he'd have some humility forced on him after literally when was it clear when was he cleared to to seek a trade like 20 minutes ago like literally 20 hours ago they're like go find a partner and in less and in less than a day 29 teams were like no freaking way sorry yeah most times when people are allowed to seek out a trade that goes on a week or so and you test the market in less than a day Kyrie Irving realized that absolutely no one wanted anything to do with him he was like checking the service on his phone like no one's calling me back like is this thing working yeah but now it's 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 not. It's well, working, that was, bud. That was the report today that there was no interest signing trade wise other than the Lakers, and the Lakers would have been effectively via the mid level route because still had that main issue of where's Russ going, and no one wants Russ either. So you were stuck if you're Kyrie, and the Nets held firm. I thought it's pretty 
admirable how they stuck to their footing in this circumstance here. Um, you know, probably saved themselves years on there. Kyrie had this max contract that he wanted last year. No one still really knows why he didn't take it back then. And, you know, it's, <laughs> it, take the cheese if you want with this statement here. I, I don't even have anything to say to it. It's just, it's just, what's he going to do next? What? That should be what's the question a- here. What's what, should be, what, what is he going to do next? I don't actually want to know. I hope nobody ever finds out or asks. He just keeps calling himself A11 even, unless that's already known what that is. Do we know? Bobby, I feel like you would know if it was known. Nah. Yeah. Nobody ask him. He just wants to keep – it would be funnier if nobody ever asked him what that means and he just keeps calling You know what he's going to do now too? He's going to show up to camp and these questions will emerge about what the hell he was doing and he's going to blame it on the media and puppets oh, and this and that. There's people in the chat doing it already. The media made Kyrie say this. Right. Okay. I mean, yep. yep. He, he he made a statement to anyway, the media. About I'm him going with him. I'm I'm going with the eleven is all is LL, so it's all even. But I don't know why he's saying all even. Okay. I don't even care. I just whatever. Anyways, the, the listen the the reason why Kyrie Irving didn't get the interest isn't because he's not extremely talented and unbelievable player and one of the best point guards. It's that you you don't know if he's going to show up to the game. Literally, he might just say, you know what, I don't want to play anymore. We've seen it happen. Um, we've seen the toxic, you know, nature of this guy um, at multiple stops that he's been in. And that's the reason why he's in the position that he's in right now. And so are the Nets. So it's too, honestly, like it could go one of two ways. It could be great. I mean, he could, he could totally buy in and want to maximize his next contract. And the, the Nets could be the best team in the league, or there could be more drama surrounding this guy. And it implodes like it has um, on other occasions. So, on all three occasions. The hell knows. <laughs> exactly. Right. I mean, the, I, whole, so, the whole stuff about him, like, taking a, uh, you know, MLE and going to Lakers, like, that was never going to happen. Let's be honest. I mean, that's... that's no, crazy. these are bad bluffs, and the Nets were smart to call that bluff. And I know, like, earlier today, there was a story, like, Joe Tsai <laughs> is calling the shots. Like, look, actually, the reality is Kyrie Irving was calling the shots because he's the only one who had an option here. And his option was to opt in, which means the Nets have no choice now but to keep him because they can't trade him. So Kyrie really actually had control of the situation. The mm-hmm. The Nets, really all they could do is, yeah, sure, find a trade. Go ahead. Um, but that was it. So uh, the Nets got exactly what they wanted out of this thing because realistically, this is, I mean, and so, you know, and I tweeted this and I'm getting beat up by some people already, but, you know, let's be realistic here. Um, Would you tweet? Uh, no, 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 no. Three-year-old about to walk in here. Can't have it. Four-year-old. Can't have it. Come on in. Come on I tweeted that, you know, it's fun to bash Kyrie and all that, but the reality is um, another good team just entered the uh, chats here in the Eastern Conference. Whether or not people want to accept it or not, a team that has Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, if he shows up, Joe Harris returning for injury, (laughs) a healthy Seth Seth Curry uh, is a – contending team sorry it's true the celtics were better when this was blowing apart you know wherever the hell these guys were going blowing this into pieces was better for the celtics and the and their eastern conference health it doesn't mean the nets are better than the celtics but all of a sudden you have them running it back in a team that if fully healthy has talent um and you've got Kyrie on a i've got to prove it to the world if i'm ever going to get paid again sort of have to be on my best behavior uh sort of yeah he's <laughs> they do he's yeah never ha- they got him on he's the never contract this, yeah he's never had this before right you know no. he, he has to be on his best behavior to get paid 
um, or to get traded. Is so, even, well, this is, this is where I'm going to start. So we'll see how pause. he behaves, but yeah. This is where I'm going to start having some pause about the Nets because Jimmy said, you know, you, you, there's no question about Kyrie's talent. I wonder if they will be this year because he comes off this playoff series where, yes, he has that great game one while he's giving the middle fingers and everything else. And then games two through four, as I said, I was going back and forth with uh, Sopa and Deb on Twitter today. He's 37% from the field, 18% from three. You know, I don't think his defense was the best through that course of that series. And now this is kind of the, what do we want to say, third postseason in a row where he's had some trouble here. I know he got injured in 21, but... You know, there's been about him in the postseason, his production, his games played, all these different things. They're coming in the question now. If he was still a top 15, 20 player, I think there would have been interest around the league. But beyond the antics, I think there's questions about his game now, too, that are starting to lurk in as he pushes toward 30 here. You're right, Bobby. He's more, and again, we said this too, he's more style than substance. I think the Kyrie love around the league is because he's so artful. Um, he's such, got such a great artful. handle. No, it is. Everything he does is gorgeous. You know, like he's got a great handle. He does these awesome, crazy, creative finishes. But the reality is he's become a less efficient and less effective player. He's not as good. He's not as much a knockdown shooter. His 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 attempts at the rim, not only his efficiency around the rim last year was definitely down from his career marks. Um, You know, he might not be that you know, you, everyone sees him and just sees all world talent. He's, he's an NBA player's favorite type of guy mm-hmm. because of the style of game that he plays, but he doesn't, I, I definitely agree with Bobby that I don't know that he's um, as good for your team as what you see in terms of the, you know, uh, you know, just the flashy talent would lead you to believe. I think we know who they are, and the only we don't. I don't, I don't think at say. all. I think How do that's we know the, who they the are? only thing we don't know for sure is who they are. We have right. no idea. We haven't seen no. Simmons play with them once. We haven't. Really yes, seen that's what I was just of- gonna say. We know who they are unless Simmons changes that, and that's still such a massive factor. Like, what's he gonna look like? When's he gonna come back? What's his role gonna be here if if you get past those? Two? We all assumed he was going to get back on the floor in the spring and do something, and he ultimately didn't. And I just, I'm still waiting for him to get out there in some fashion and show us that he is Simmons from before. He is some sort of Simmons because we just, it, we're just waiting. We're waiting and waiting and waiting for that factor to come in here. There's no question a wild card factor here is if Ben Simmons is irreparably broken and it's possible, right? Like, look, we were a little dubious, you know, how much of it was physical versus mental with Simmons last year. Um, And then he has back surgery. So you don't fake your way into back surgery just to prove a point. He obviously had something physically wrong with him. Uh, It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean he also didn't have the mental component, which was a little bit of fear, you know, to get back into the game. Um, So yeah, he may be healthy, but slow play the recovery, say he's not ready, you know, and at the end of the day, still not really want to get out there. And if you're dealing with Yips Ben Simmons, the guy who's afraid to take layups and he hasn't really gotten over that in any way, it's going to be a problem. Um, but, sure, but John, we talked about the fact that if he doesn't even shoot the ball and he just plays defense, he makes them better than they were. Didn't we kind of – that wasn't that kind of like one of our points last year and then you never took the court, but the idea that Simmons couldn't come in and give you 15, 20 minutes of, of pestering – Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum or whoever, like he should still be able to do that. I mean, the guy, unless you said, unless it's physical and his back, you know, is beyond repair, which again, it's a very, that was a very strange injury that, that happened because 
it didn't happen on the court, or at least we didn't see it happen, you know, on the yeah. court. No. The game, so. <laughs> while he was uh, ramping up. Yeah, he's like slept weird on the couch or something, you know, like that shouldn't happen. But um, <laughs> I'm, I'm very interested to see what – I mean, I, nobody can sit here and tell us if the Nets are going to be the one seed or if they're going to miss the playoffs because they're the most <laughs> polarizing team. I know. Group of players that you could possibly assemble. Now, obviously, Kevin Durant – He's a gamer and, you know, no one's questioning his toughness and his ability to you know, bring every game, but he can't do it himself. Nobody can in this league anymore. Uh, just you have to be objective when looking at other teams, guys. I don't get it. Everyone will say with certainty what's going to happen with the Celtics. Derek White will shoot better. Rob's going to be fine. The Jays, are, there. The, the Jays are going to get better with certainty. Everybody knows these things, but <laughs> also with certainty, you know that everything's going to go as bad as it possibly can for the Nets. Like it's within the realm of realistic possibilities that the Nets show up and are really friggin' good. It's also, as Jimmy said, they show up and it's a total friggin' train wreck. And Ben Simmons is scared to get on the court and Kyrie and KD hate each other. And there's rancor from the get go. And they're, you know, they feel like they're prisoners there. And KD asks for a trade mid season. Cause he doesn't want to be there anymore. All of that is also very possible, but you can't just say definitively, I'm not worried about those guys. I mean, the reality is you have a talented roster of players uh, coming back for the, for the Nets next year. You do. And those two additions along the periphery there and Joe Harris in particular are going to be significant here. I do wonder if they'll keep Curry. I, I almost wonder if they'll try to trade one of those guys to round out the roster a little better. Point guard, a facilitator <laughs> of some kind. I think, I think that would probably be a smart idea for them because I don't, Simmons is your point guard for this group, is it? No, like, I don't know what I mean, Simmons is. It's it, are you kidding? It's perfect I don't know what actually. It, With Kyrie returning, Simmons just gets to be your friggin' power forward, uh, yeah, and that's the perfect position from him for him. You know, I think that that's ideal. He's just sitting there in the dunker spot. You know, like he's yeah. just hanging out. He doesn't, uh, and, take, he doesn't have to see the three point line. And if he comes out, he you know he can facilitate. He's great in transition. He's a terrific defender. I mean, again, Ben Simmons who's the same guy he was before he went, you know, cuckoo bananas. Um, even if he never shoots a jump shot all year long, he's still a valuable, you know, uh, piece. I mean, like we talk about it, like you can't be, the Celtics fans will say like, he's afraid to shoot. He can't be useful when they have friggin' Rob Williams on the team. Like how hey, much hey, more? Hey, easy. I'm saying how much more useful can you be than Rob was? He didn't even look towards the basket when he shot it. Like there's a world in which Ben Simmons and all of the things that he does well is going to be a positive presence for the Nets. Just focusing on the one thing he's not going to do or can't do is silly because it discounts a lot of other things. He's a talented basketball player, athletically gifted. If he steps on the court and he's anywhere close to the prior version of himself, that's a good player that they're adding. We want to take a quick pause, tell you about our exclusive wagering partner, Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including Major League Baseball scores, all the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use that promo code CLNS50 to get the bonus and get into the action. Once again, 
can. That's betonline.ag, promo code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. And he's going to, he may not get, he may not take open shots, but he's going to get open lanes. They're going to find him, and teams are going to be sagging off him. When he gets moving, he can be a dangerous player. He doesn't have to hit 18 footers or 25 footers. If he can get downhill, he's definitely him, him and Kyrie are two of the best, you know, driving guards, you know, in the NBA. I mean, finishers, you know, Kyrie's finishing at the rim is up there with the best of them. So again, like John said, he, he does add significant value to the team if he is the player that, you know, we've seen him be in the past. So it's, guys, it's, it's all, yeah, it's all people took this in the wrong direction. I'm not disparaging Rob. I'm simply saying you have people out there on your team that don't always need to do everything well in order to be effective. Rob Williams being a classic example of one who was as important as any Celtic throughout, you know, when he was on the court without, you know, being Rob Williams do, yeah. will have a 15 footer next season. Guaranteed. And, and again, that's Guaranteed. a separate issue. I, I think he may or may, all I'm saying is without even thinking of shooting this year, Rob Williams was enormously impactful. You're sure. not going to tell me Ben Simmons can't be impactful simply because he's afraid to take 15 footers. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I know what Rob's role is, you know, like he's pretty set in that. We haven't found Bobby, on a team that's on a team with Harris and Curry and Kyrie and, and imagine that small ball lineup and the spacing you have with Kyrie uh, Harris and and Curry uh, uh, and Durant. Simmons does not need to shoot on that lineup. He's actually perfect to to be to be in that kind of small ball death lineup playing the five or the four with KD in there. That's a terrific small ball lineup. So again, it's just not necessary. His role is do all of the other stuff that you do. Yeah, from the fives, tricky. I don't know if we've seen enough of him at the five necessarily, you know, especially if there's a real five on the other side. I just have to see it. Like, point guard for him hasn't worked out ideally. The dunker spot role, and I know it's a different situation in Philly, not ideal for him, especially if you don't have the appropriate spacing, which was surprisingly an issue for Brooklyn last year. Should be better with Curry back, should be better with Harris back. Defensively, you think you're better with Simmons out there, but again, I don't think there's been enough of a emphasis on that there necessarily especially with this coach coming back it does yeah like i don't yeah, know how draymond you is a perfect option the fact that you think simmons couldn't be couldn't fit into the draymond role over there if if everything else is in place if everything every else is in place, attribute and a better athlete and a better ball handler um, it, all of the same attributes, uh, incredible defensive presence, but more athletic and a better ball handler and probably a better passer as good a passer as Draymond is. So and yeah, we can keep imagining what he's going to look like at his best version of himself. But I, again, we just haven't seen enough of it, you know, like I agree, and I agree with everything odds. being said. Yeah, I agree with Luis. I agree with everybody who's trashing on Simmons. There's no reason to believe it. Uh, but the reality is, is like, just we know he doesn't love basketball that's been a knock on him since before he got drafted um we know that you know it's a little questionable in terms of uh you know just his passion to play on this team his commitment to it all of these different things his reluctance to coaching he doesn't really work much in the off season uh that's that's been true and he was still making all-star game after all-star game after all-star game up until literally he made the all-star team the, the last season we saw him play, I, I just all of the negative things around Simmons have always been there. And, and he still has been an extremely effective player, if not. I mean, albeit a flawed one, but he's just making all star game after all star game as a flawed player. 
So I, you know, it's really just mad. If he steps onto the court and is actually willing to play, I have no reason to believe he's not going to be close to that version of player. I don't think he's going to have forgotten to do at least those things. Well, I don't think he's going to be all of a sudden a knockdown jump shooter. Yeah, I guess it's just how you feel about the Celtics in comparison to them. Like, do the Celtics stay the same? Do they get better? Does their trajectory still point upward? Because I think all things being equal here, the Celtics still had a better year than them, would still be the better team, and I think would beat them in a series. You know, we'll, we'll see just how it stacks up for the Nets here. Like, there's a best version of them that probably shoots above Boston if Boston slips from that spot at all. Right? Like, the Celtics just have less questions. Like, I don't think that's disputable, John. There's so many questions with the Nets. Like, you can say if this, 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 and this, but we just don't know. I, we know with the Celtics. We know who they are. We know who they're going to be. I don't think there's a lot of a question with that. Uh, I mean, you have a snapshot. You know who they are when they're, you know, kind of operating at a super high level, which they were for the majority of the second half of the season and through the postseason uh, until the very end. So, yeah, uh, it's just, you know, as as Brad said in his kind of exit interview, um, you know, it's fragile, uh, both in terms of, you know, bringing in some supplementary pieces and how those fit. As we said, we thought the entire world thought Dennis Schroeder was terrific um, on the court. Dennis Schroeder did some positive things. Reality was the fit was really killing them in a lot of different ways. And so there's the fragile balance, you know, moving a piece out. I, you, I always talk about like that baseball is a totally different sport, but when the Sox traded Nomar back in the day, they replaced him with a lesser player, but the overall benefit to the team was, was, uh, was, was, was significant. So yeah, you don't know how pieces fit. The other thing is you just don't know coming back like the, the ifs, um al horford does he have that kind of season in him again uh one year older after this many minutes that's asking a lot Derek white we're just assuming he's going to be better but you don't necessarily know uh you don't know what they're going to bring in with those pieces you don't know if they're going to be better but the good thing about the celtics is for the most part you're not losing any piece that you cared about unless you want unless you move them for something you like better and that's, that's so key i mean the nets might lose lot, three guys there's a lot three of comfort in that born in them they could lose Claxton. They could lose Brown. Uh, and who and, else? Uh, Patty Mills. And Patty Mills. Exactly. So there's a lot of comfort in that. The Celtics can run it back, and then they just have to perform in, in, much in the same way. And you're I'd love Bruce some Brown internal Boston, improvements. Yeah. I'd love him in Boston. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to Bruce see who Brown, they can swipe. Bruce Brown, from most of the things I've seen, is going to command some, some dough. That yeah, nothing that the Celtics can do. It's can it's it's there. whether or not yeah it's whether or not the Nets will pay him that, which they could. Like they can just keep ramping that tax bill up. I'm going to be interested to see what kind of decisions they and the Warriors make on that front. Seems like they're both just going to keep pushing that to the sky <laughs> because they have no limitations that Boston might possibly have here. Uh, but there are some other guys I think that you could potentially swipe from uh, teams that are trying to save a buck or two here, or that just aren't willing to you know, expand their tax payments. Uh, certainly Atlanta is going to be in that. And Memphis, are they trying to create cap space? Maybe a couple of guys shake loose there. I don't know what the hell San Antonio is doing, honestly. Like, I don't know which one of these directions you want to go, John, but there's a lot of really interesting stuff well, happening so, around the league. So we are going to talk on. about, let's talk about Murray. And I don't really understand it there. And I'm curious your guys' oh, opinion yeah. on, on what the hell's even happening and why he's being dangled in the first place. Uh, we'll also talk about um, the TPE. I want to hit on a Brad comment from earlier in the week as well. Um, when he, when he, uh, when he met with the media to talk about some stuff, but first off, we want to tell our uh, good folks at home about one of our sponsors. Um, and what I will say is I want to, I want to tip my hat to the garden report peeps here. Um, 
quite a few of you, and we've seen the, the fans. Receipts. The fans here have have uh, have given Kama try uh, based off our endorsement. A lot, quite a few. And fans very, are getting in their zen. They are getting in their zen, and I'm very. Pleased, obviously, because it's huge for us when people do support our sponsors. Calm is one that's been with us on and off for the last year plus. And uh, I, I think they like I, they I like the it. Garden Report. Ooh. Yeah. Dude, I mean, really. This is just amazing. You like the woods? This is just when you open up the app. You're already, like, taken into another world. Yeah. Okay, so we, we haven't even clicked on anything yet. For those of you who are, uh, you know, uninitiated, who haven't taken it again, uh, Calm <laughs> – Calm is uh, one of the number Life. one wellness and meditation apps that you can get out there on the market right now, and you get a tremendous deal when you when you when you when you shop through us. So just to let you guys know, trying something new we know can be intimidating. Meditation, you've heard about it. Don't know if you want to do it. What we're telling you is, it's worth it. Give it a shot. Um, we've partnered with calm it's the number one wellness app it's a great way to improve how you feel reduce stress and anxiety through guided meditations improve your focus curated music tracks rest and recharge with calm's imaginative sleep stories for children and adults uh there's daily movement sessions designed to relax your body and uplift your mind jimmy just played some of the nice kind of sound effects rainforest whatever it is ocean uh, you know uh, really calming stuff so sleep if you go stories. to most important thing for us is if you go to com.com slash garden, you get the special offer of 40% off a premium subscription. So again, check it out, com.com slash garden. Try it. Um, there's over 100 million people around the world already using Calm. Uh, it is worth it. Uh, it's worth your time, and it's definitely worth exploring this discount because it's 40% off a premium subscription when you do go to com.com slash garden. So again, go check that out for us. Uh, guys, let's, yeah. piv let's pivot here. Um, what do you want? Where do you want to go to next? Let's Again, go to Murray. Where you mentioned? Let's yeah. go to Murray. Okay, let's go to Murray. Okay, let's um, go to Murray. So, what do we know, Bobby? Murray's on the table. There's apparently deals out there. One that's involving the Hawks with Gallinari. The latest one I heard I was can't Gal figure this out. Gallinari and three firsts. You know, like, they what seem are we, to want what are we doing like here. They seem to be Is searching right it? now. Is Pop losing it like <laughs> Belichick? <laughs> I was actually thinking about that in the car uh, on our on my way home uh, to do the show here. Pop, you almost look at him in that Bill Vane. It's, it's like, all right, your great asset right now is your coach. Um, how much does that carry you? Like, what's the value of that right now? And especially a guy at his age, like, is it even worth investing in a team just based on the fact that your best asset is your coach? Even with Murray becoming the player he has right now, you still look at the Spurs and say, like, this is – a squad that's rooted in Pop's coaching power. And that's what's going to carry them to, like we saw last year, postseason birth. Uh, maybe they don't buy that. Like, especially the fact that Pop's probably going to retire in the next year or two here. Maybe they're organizationally looking at this and saying, all right, Murray's great. How long is he going to be here? We can sell high, high, high on him right now and restart ourselves ahead of this draft that's going to have a guy who potentially is a otherworldly player in Victor Wambayana, however you pronounce it. Uh, so is this them pivoting toward tanking potentially? And you get a Bucks holiday-esque return to stack up these picks into the future. Cause you've talked about this, John, that's sort of for the teams that are on the other side of getting 
four or five picks. That's been a restarting option. And now I guess the Rockets didn't get there was what happened in Brooklyn, but it was a worthy shot because if Brooklyn falls apart this week, all of a sudden the Rockets are in business with their own. They would have been instantly in business. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, there's a world where this makes sense. I just don't get, like John Collins coming back was kind of dubious, I thought. And then Gallinari certainly just is expiring money and Hawks picks. They could be fine, but I don't know. Like It's just weird to me to have this piece that looks pretty good in Mary. Jimmy, what do you think? should be under cost control and want to dump them. What do I think about what? The fact that uh, there's reported interest from the Hawks? Or what do I think of Murray? Because I love Murray. No, I I'm saying why? Why is there this is out no there? question? Yeah, Murray's incredible. Why I, would I, you I trade? I, I, why would I you trade know. an ascending player like Murray? Well, it's uh, like, uh, is he not that good? I mean, maybe, you, maybe that's no. what it is. He he is that good, and I don't. The, it's almost like flawed logic. Oh, let's let's trade our best player and try to get a better. But how many how many players are going to be better than Murray? I hate it. Draft? Honestly, it's crazy. trying to be and, the Thunder. I'm trying to figure out. What the hawk? I mean, other than the Hawks just wanting a really good player, I mean, they have Trey Young there. Who's off the ball? Like, who's? How is that going to work? I mean, I'm sure I, they'll be I don't obviously get that better if they're just trading picks. They're obviously going to be better on the court um, next season. But I, I don't know if the fit is like perfect. Um, man, I wish there was a way the Celtics could get Murray because wouldn't that solve some problems? So yeah, well, well there you, is right. There you is. Tell me, Bobby, you're, you're the you cat man. You give up all your future picks, and that's the question we'll get into here. Is there virtue to that? Maybe there's a world where you don't have to give up Brown here because I think we look at the situation and we say, oh, they'll ask for Brown. I certainly think they would if the Celtics pursued him. Uh, But could you just give up all your future picks here? Maybe smart. I don't know. Like It looks like they probably want expiring salary at that spot, so maybe it's Horford. I don't know, but... There should be a way you can and get in And that's the thing. Gallinari's expiring. So if that's an actual trade being talked about, then it leads you to believe that they're not looking to trade take on pieces. I think the worst type of player they could trade for is someone like Jalen Brown, who they have right. to – they have yeah. no, cert, they have no certainty the yeah, that right. they could keep him. Not saying we the Celtics would want to do that because, again, you're moving backwards. But without a guarantee that you're going to sign this guy long term, why would you – why would you do that? The only thing that makes sense to me as far as what the Spurs might be thinking is we're stuck in the middle and we're going to get into Murray's. We're going to get into the situation where we've got to decide whether we got to pay this guy um, and we won't be far enough along yet. And we're just going to kind of be stuck here. But it still makes no sense to me because you just got three first round picks and you have more coming. Why wouldn't you just build around Murray? Um, they've, they've been you know, a great drafting team obviously over the over the last i'd be know, selling decades picks. but yeah but i yeah I, I can't figure out why i mean is pop trying to i mean this guy's not going to coach forever does does he want to does he want to get some some talent in there and make a playoff run or does he want to hand over the keys is, to somebody in the middle of a rebuild murray is a I, free agent 2024 so two more seasons the, the, the Spurs were one of the surprising teams here in the, down the stretch. And, I mean, the fact that they were even finished where they did, I mean, a lot of people thought they were going to be a bottom feeder team all year all year long. Bobby, I can't hear you. I think you – did you mute yourself? Can you hear him, John? No. No. He's gone. Um, but, I mean, what you know, my point stands, either, even though I can't get Bobby's response. I mean, it seems like the Spurs were kind of on the upward trajectory. And yeah, do they have flaws in their roster? Of course. They, they weren't expected to be as good as they were. I just feel like Murray's one of those players who's still improving. He's a young guy. He's on the up and up. And 
I don't know why they would give up on him unless unless they they know more than we know. I don't know if you know is Murray is Murray sold on San Antonio in the long run. I mean, some of the same questions we have, we've asked about Tatum and Brown over the years is do they like it here? Like, are we sure they want to resign here? Um, maybe those are the things that they're asking um, about Murray that, that we aren't privy to. But. Well, I don't, I, yeah, I, I, I don't really know. Um, is Bobby just going to stare at us or is he, do you still see him? I think we lost. Oh, he's there. We can't hear him, but I can we can't see hear him. you, Bobby. Bobby, why don't you get out and uh, come back in, bud? Why don't you just go do that for us? A little connection. Okay, why don't you just go do that thing? Why don't you just go, you know what? Just take, take a breather. Take, take a powder. Take uh, a, I don't get it. Take a five. Uh, what I would say is I don't think there's another person on the planet who'd be better suited to play with the Jays here and on oh, this team. So to me, I, my favorite two people a year ago that I would have sold out for were Lonzo and Murray. Um, you know, Murray's yeah. an, Murray's an even better fit uh, for sure. Uh, those are two guys I loved, uh, loved, 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 loved. So you have um, to think that if, if he's available, the Celtics should be – exploring i mean it's brad's job to explore that option i mean maybe jalen is off the table you're talking about guys you're talking about a guy who can defend who has the size here um you know uh, you know to at the point guard position at six four uh to play in this type of defense everything about him is ascending right now in terms of you know just all of his stats you know he he, he's an excellent passer he's just he's he's so bobby let me hear you Yes, he got you. I, he's such a perfect fit. I, I, if he truly is out there, and the Celtics aren't doing everything in their power to get him, uh, then that's a massive mistake. And that's a thing. That's a thing Isn't where I would, everything you need, literally everything you need, and that's a thing I would overpay to to a point just based on you don't have to mess around anymore. After that, you know you're good. You know you, you and you're happy because. How much more tinkering do you need? You get the Jays exactly what it is they need. Uh, you get another player who fits in perfectly with this team. Uh, it's tremendous at that point. And then look, yeah, you probably look to sh- to ship off salary uh, and players, even if it's at a loss, to contain your costs a little bit. So I think Smart might be a casualty. Obviously, if you could offload White, it's something uh, you would expect. But you know them to try to do. I mean, how much easier would it be to try and get Murray if you hadn't done the White deal? They had to have asked about you'd Murray ex- before they got have, white. You'd have expiring in Richardson. You'd have, you would have had, you would have had an extra draft pick, you know, heading in, obviously at this point you would have taken that pick, um, you know, a pick swap that you've already given away a few years from now. Um, it's just, I don't know. And people are saying the easy, the easy thing people are saying is smart and three first rounders. I cannot understand why a team that's looking to rebuild It'd be Horford. would bring on smart. Um, no, you can trade him into the TPE. Well, I can, you can. Yeah. but anyway, that's that's a different that's a different story. It would be the uh, yeah, TPE. So it, would be, it would be straight relief and yeah. picks. Yeah. What's yeah, Smart going to do? Carry them to uh, the NBA Finals, John? I mean, I still think they're going to lose a ton of games. Twenty-seven. You can do straight up because eight's a swap, right? Guys, Six. I know we have the TPE. All I'm saying is, why would they take that? Again, just just for the chat, we know we have the TPE. What I'm saying is, they're looking for not taking on salary. So right now, anyone they're looking to deal with, they're looking for, obviously with Gallinari, they were looking for an expiring sort of deal. Right. Celtics don't have that problem. They have a TPE. He trades right into that. Uh, we know that the smart, the idea of moving smart there makes no sense. Why in the world would you pay more money to Marcus Smart than you are Murray for one year or longer 
um, instead of just keep Murray. It, it's silly uh, they, at that point. Like you don't need a player it, like Smart. Doesn't it, doesn't it possibly help that you did the white deal with them though? Because they own that eight pick. Maybe I you could this. adjust it to. Oh, it's just a straight up pick in twenty eight. If you need it, like whatever mysterious or not, (laughs) whatever sequence that needs to be, like you could you could say to the Spurs, all right, twenty eight isn't a swap anymore. You just own twenty eight or something like that. Like it might help that you already have done this deal with them. You didn't send twenty eight somewhere else. You sent it to the Spurs. I don't know. It's concerning that you don't hear anything at all around the Celtics about this. But sometimes that's a good thing, right? Like the rumors could be stuff that was already in the past, and you don't non on the Boston front with San Antonio. Except last because- season we didn't hear we didn't hear anything and they did nothing. Would you would you take Murray but you have but here's the deal you can get Murray but you have to take Romeo back. Do you do the deal? <laughs> Are you kidding? That's oh, the John, reason I do the deal. John be doing backflips. <laughs> John wants Romeo and I of- guess you can throw in Murray. That would be I have, part of John's demand. I would call it the Romeo trade. Oh yeah we know you would. Know I know a lot of people would rather have Richardson than uh, Murray. <laughs> a you lot can't of tell me. On the chat. You can't tell me that they didn't obviously really try to get, or not try to get, but they didn't. They didn't ask about Murray at the deadline before settling for White. I mean, come on. This is I mean, what's so confusing. Murray was available. None of us in our wildest dreams would have thought Murray would be available, and I still don't really believe it. Like maybe they're just seeing like how far could we get if we moved him? Like what's the maximum amount of picks we could potentially get here? But you just keep hearing this rumor about Reason Atlanta. Is. So is Atlanta is Atlanta play, playing ball more than anyone else is here with those amount of picks? Do the Celtics organizationally not believe in moving that many picks just given what's happened to Brooklyn and some of these other teams here? The, those are probably the questions you have to ask right now just if Boston's not involved. And I'm for it. John, I know you, Larry, like you don't normally like giving up that many picks, but this is the guy to do it on, right? Well, I just like – Again, would you do three picks and two pick swaps, John? So that seems to be like the standard, right? Of what you're looking to do, uh, like of what teams want. They want that control of your pick over the course of five years. So if you tank, if you go to hell, you know, then they they own you. And obviously that's really risky. Um, You know, I don't know. That's a, that's always a tough call. It's always a tough call. If, If you knew Rather than giving up had, Brown. If you had Tatum and Brown already locked up and there were no question marks, but you know, you as we've seen with the Nets here, I mean, how quickly it can blow apart and or be saved hinges on hinges on so little, you know. All it takes is Jalen now being now having another guy in here who has the ball in his hand saying, like, nah, man, I'm set. I'm gone. And all of a sudden you're now, you've gone from big three to big two in another year. You have to offload Jalen and then something doesn't fit. Then you got to worry about signing Murray as well. And if you don't, what happens there? You know, like that's expensive years, too. We wow. talked about that. I mean, no, but I mean, it, you, it's so you want and then a meteor things. hits and we all die. And then like, you when know, you like trade, no, when you trade deep into your future, you want to know the people who are coming here are committed long term. When there are question marks, it lowers the price tag. So somebody who's coming in uh, with only a uh, you know with two years left on their deal, and you have to make a decision on them quick, that's tougher to deal that far into your future. So, you know, I think, I think. San Antonio you're asking yeah. for that type of deal is it, you're asking for a hardened deal without a hardened level talent and uh, without any certainty that they're going to be there long term. I think it's asking a lot. So 
if I were to guess why San Antonio is doing it at all, just to see if somebody's desperate enough to 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 give him the bag, you know, give him everything. I don't think they're actually interested in moving Murray. And I think you set a price so ridiculously high that maybe you just get one team come knocking and say, I actually would do that. Like if Bobby were the GM, <laughs> I actually yeah. would do that. And he'd be like, okay, then let's we'll come into my office, you know? So that's kind of what I think is happening here. I think it's pretty steep price. Yeah, and all my talks of becoming GM with the different teams, that's always been their pause. Like they're like, You're way too loose giving up the picks. We can't have this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's it's this is this is rumor season, so this is standard, you know. Right now it's Murray, next week it'll be somebody else. NBA's and there's the definitely best sport when it comes to the off season rumor mill. There's benefits to having this out there for both these teams. Definitely would make some teams turn their heads. I mean, it made us turn our head that Murray's name's out there. And the Hawks, I'm sure they didn't mind with this John Collins situation falling apart. The potential to parlay him into a deal like this is probably the best possible return you could dream of for giving up Collins. But Doesn't it feel like the- it's just a matter of time before Collins gets traded? I feel like this guy's always in rumors to be traded. Because nobody Apparently wants- he's done. Apparently he's done in Atlanta. The worst thing is being that tweener guy who's who's definitely not good enough to be maxed out and uh, but, yeah. but definitely too good, you know, to like just, you know, be like mid-level sort of guy. You're just in a really weird spot with that. Like, obviously, you're there and you're thinking, I'm really not signing for less than the max. That team's got to decide if they want to pay it to you. And really, it doesn't matter whether they want to pay you or not, as long as some team does. So it really only takes one team that recognizes you're the best player I'm ever going to get at this money. And that's it. And you pay them. And this is what's happening with Aiton. This is what's happening with Bridges. This is what's happening with a lot of different people. What are you guys looking at? You're both looking at something. I'm reading uh, my Dude, guy. I'm Tynan reading the rumor going. mill. Oh, my, gu- my to... guy. Tyne. My guy Tynan is always who I go to on the Spurs. I uh, covers them on Substack, and the latest he's saying on it is questioning whether or not to move forward on a 26 year old may seem preposterous on the surface, but when you consider he's essentially half an NBA career older than the four teenagers the teams drafted over the last two years, the reality starts to settle. For a team that's got a young foundation, it's reasonable to expect a surge. Is it reasonable to expect a uh, surge into title contention during the prime of Murray's career? So, like you said, John, they, like I said, they, they're, they're not far young. enough along. Yeah, they're stuck in the middle. They're too young. By the time they get into the prime of Murray's career, they'll only have seen a year or two of some of their developing talent. Um, and so, I get it, but. And so you have to, and again, if he's up in two years, you have to trade now because starting next year, that price really goes down. I get why they're opening the market up. I just think it would take a lot to trade him. Um, but again, if you're not having multiple conversations, if you're the Celtics, that's insane. Um, plus he fits that TP. Like that's the biggest thing. And does it just become a tax thing? This is again where, ha- where sucking at the draft killed you because the amount of players you could have, there's teams – Every NBA team has realized two things. Being in the middle is the worst place you can be, so I'm going to I'm going to process this shit out, which means sell 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 and everyone wants to stay under the tax. So you got people just giving away talent if you're willing to either go into the tax or to give them a draft pick, you know, for it. So you have to take advantage of these people uh when you can and if you just had one okay rising player on your team, like could you trade for Murray right now if you had if you had you know even even if like a, Smith was awesome. even a Sadiq Bay type you know yeah probably Bay and a couple firsts gets it done you know like 
you know, a player of that caliber doesn't even. We're that not seems even talking. to be where the Hawks are stuck, right? Yeah, they don't have you're not even talking Maxi or something like that who really hit for you, uh, or Desmond Bain. Like a team uh, like the Grizzlies that have. And if you like had those guys, you wouldn't need to make a trade. Guys. Yeah, they already made a trade. No, um, yeah, those are the kind of guys the Spurs would want, not someone who is gone in a couple of years or significantly expands their payroll. Or, and this is the thing right. I like. They don't want somebody Smart. on their second contract. Smart for picks, picks for Murray, Murray for TP. This is the type of trade I like a lot. Um, you know, you see some baseball teams do this. You know, I've seen Oakland do it. I've seen Tampa do it. You you give out one prospect for picks, but you ship something else out. You ship out picks for somebody else's prospect. This is, again, what you would probably see. That's the question, too, here. What becomes a smart if you get Murray? Certainly. You shop. Could they play together? Probably. But, yeah, but that you, might be you, the way you do it. You shop to recoup assets. And because you have a redundancy in white and he's harder to trade, it would have, uh, and um, that, you know, it, you've got to find a way to trim a little bit of payroll because you'll get very expensive very fast. So, yes, I would think you would try to ship smart for a pick or two if you could get them. Let me ask you guys this. Moving on from, from Murray here, if we, if we can. If the price for Murray is too high, which it sounds like it's pretty high, what about my good friend, Malcolm Brogdon in Indiana. <laughs> so, Another available oh, I haven't guard. heard about him. No one's mentioned him in the chat. Another available guard at a much, I would imagine, smaller price tag. He's being well, rumored to uh, be traded. Right. I just mean the the, the, the cost. Acquisition cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like he's an under-the-radar, underrated player. Um, somebody that could fit in and, and fill a role here for the Celtics. But that's just me. I know I'm a little biased because I'm I'm a big Pacers. You're a big Pacers fan. Sneaky Pacers, and I like Brogdon a lot. He's a great free throw shooter. You never never have to worry about uh, you know, Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum going online and missing <laughs> a technical free throw if he's out there on the court. Yeah. Um, and he's a facilitator. He's a, he's a two way player. I know Brad Stevens loves him because he's spoken very highly of him in the past. And I wonder if there's just uh maybe a little interest there behind the scenes. I just I don't just, know how you get him. I don't know how you get him, and I don't know that he's not our job. It's not our job to figure that out. It's just the salary doesn't fit into the TPE, so you got to trade stuff for him. You got to give smart for him, and you got to give smart smart, might be better than the team. And smart, it's a it's negligible. The offense versus defense, what does more for you? Yeah, does Brogdon's offensive boost over smart negate you know the difference that you know the 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 you know the 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 difference that Mar- uh, Marcus makes up with his defense and and his at least average to above average offensive skill set uh, it's pretty friggin close it feels like a coin flip change for the sake of change and also again if you're Indiana and you're shedding salary why are you taking on long-term salary of the same dollars it's just an impossible trade to make it's an impossible if trade to it- make it's the kind because of trade because they, they don't want anything you have because it's all tied up for the same dollars long term that 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 Brogdon is give or take you know what is he twenty one million you know you're talking about Smart and White being seventeen you know sixteen seventeen eighteen why would they want that they're just swapping the kind players of, in the same money this is the kind of trade we would have discussed if the January Celtics never left if that was just the Celtics the rest of the sure. way and they finished the year in the play in and we're kicking around. Uh, what we what we kicking around back then? It was like smart and Rob for Brogdon and Sabonis. We were just like trying to swap teams just to see if it would fix itself. Now the Celtics are a finals team that showed they work. So there's no reason to just get off smart and change for the sake. No, of No, I like I don't Brogdon. Think upside. 
if you could, if you could just, I like Brogdon too, but sometimes it's just not the spot. But if you could go to the grocery store and just grab, grab a Malcolm Brogdon and just add him, hell yeah. Like you, you put him in there, you find out the fit. I'd be comfortable starting him and bringing Marcus off the bench. I'd be comfortable seeking of moving people. I just, I don't think a trade is realistic um, because just simply there's nothing you can send over there um that 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 gets him back i mean i guess you could send al let's get a third you know? team involved john get creative three team teams you're right team trades happen a lot in the nba yeah. more often than any other league by far so i'm not completely ruling it out but yeah is it complicated sure he's also not again i think like the grass always looks greener on the other side he's not like a floor general like people are looking for you know he does a little bit of everything he's a swiss army knife he's a good defender but not a great one yeah he, he's he's smart right like you'd be looking at him and, and more injury concern on top of it sometimes i think these guys that people fall in love with these names they're they're not as good as people make them out to be in their mind and it's the opposite like i think people around the league look at smart and they're like wow that guy's amazing like i'd love to have him on my team but you they don't see do? the limitations they don't see the limitations I'm, that we see every single for some day. reason i'm being asked this question specifically to me so i'll ask you guys is grant williams a bad athlete i don't think anyone in the NBA is a bad bad athlete um relative to other NBA players where does grant williams athleticism yeah, I, rank yeah, it's 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 down there. He's he's a little clunky. He's a little clunky, I would say. Got better. I, I don't believe that this is something I even said about him being a bad athlete. But like, yeah, he can't jump and he, he can't probably, really run. Probably during um, the dog days. That sounds familiar. <laughs> sure. Yeah, but I mean, I don't yeah. even think it's much of a question. We said a lot of hurtful things back then. I, that was probably I the mean, least mean of them all. It's not much of a question. He's not a terrific <laughs> athlete. I didn't even think that was debatable. It's whether or not he could play basketball at this level. Um, yeah. But anyway, it was just a funny thing that so, I've been asked a couple times. I, I like this guy. Up, this guy's had that on his wall. Like I got to remind John in six months. <laughs> I mean, he's almost that. objectively a bad athlete by NBA standards. I don't even know why this is a question. Yeah, I mean, let me ask. <laughs> Anybody, anyone who watched like the did he, did he look like a good athlete for a lot of the times so he was out there? It's pretty low. Yeah, he, everybody who plays basketball is a good athlete. Their hand-eye coordination, being able right. to catch and shoot—that's athletic. But simply in terms of leaping and speed and this right. and that, yeah, Grant well, Williams is on the low end. You see a couple. Of, a couple he of should be able to. He's six seven. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about that level, but we'll, we'll keep trying. Uh, anyway, Grant's a big uh, question squats, this offseason, though. You got that extension. You got him probably at his most valuable right now. I don't know what he potentially adds value-wise to any deal, uh, but he's going to be key. If you're saying he's part of the plan next year, he needs to be a 40% three-point shooter. He needs to keep playing defense at the level last year. If he slips off any of those two areas at all, that kills you depth-wise because you're already pretty thin. He needs to be playing at the level that he was last year for you to project this team to do what it did last year. Again, I know you didn't like when I said this last week, John, but he was the X factor on this team. Like He swung everything. When he was playing at his best, they were that team that won Game 7 against Milwaukee. When he was at his worst in Golden State there, they were a much worse team, so offensively get, especially. There's no reason to give Grant anything but love just in terms of the fact that they had a real crap bench, and if he didn't perform the way he performed throughout, you know, large stretches of the year, most really most of the year, coming off the he bench, he was a pseudo a, starter at times, and then a few times in the playoffs, they would have been in a lot of trouble because that bench looked really thin. And if Grant doesn't step up, uh, the story of this team is different. That being said, I think very much like Marcus Smart with the point guard position, 
this was the best that this team was going to get and getting the best out of that player was super, super valuable. Saying Grant is the X factor when real in reality, he was probably the seventh most important member of your team is saying a bit much. It's just, you needed somebody to come in off the player. bench. I don't know what you the need, right phrase is for you it. You needed but. someone to come. I mean, you can't be the X factor when, uh, the, when b- both the coach and the GM said the number one priority is to get better on the bench, which is basically I need to find players who are better than Grant Williams to come in and play. And when they say that very openly, it's very clear that like Grant did as much as we could have expected Grant to do, but we need more than that. So again, right. it's it, 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 it's not to disparage Grant. I think he could play like this and have a 10-year NBA career being this type of guy. I don't know that the All ceiling I'm trying is, to say, I don't know yeah, the ceiling is much higher. That's my opinion. He, he's your swing factor and that goes both ways. If he shot 40% from 3 in the finals, they probably win the finals. Like and that's who he was during the year. Dropped off the later the postseason went on. So who is he? Is he close to the guy he was during that regular season where he was just so hot all year and then through the first two rounds there? Or is he, which he kind of was at times during the regular season too, but it uh, settled at a big number by the yeah, end of and it. And he he's so key right now to what you're it, doing on both ends of the floor. This comment is what I've been saying about Grant all year. He was our sixth or seventh. He was a sixth or seventh guy on this team. And reality is I think he's an eight or a nine or a nine or a 10. Same thing with Pritchard. I think if Grant is your eight, Grant and Pritchard are your eight and nine or nine and 10, you've got a much, much deeper team because you can use him and he can be extremely useful in spots, some matchup specific plug and play with injuries. If you need to rest a guy like Horford, you want to give him 15 to 20 games off when you, you have more comfort in doing that. If you have a deeper bench, Uh, the fact, that Tice was a total bust and couldn't play at all, put more of a burden on Grant to come in there uh, and 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 uh, and play. He was really your top wing. He was he was your he was your number one wing replacement and your number one big replacement when you were starting Jay the the Jays and the two bigs. Grant was really the 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 the, the he was really the sub for both sets of players, which was putting a huge burden on him there. Um, so he did I, have he, a huge he, burden on him. You, like I said, he was the he was the best they had coming in as a wing, and he was the best they had coming in as a big off the bench when Tice shit the bed too. So I, and that's he was just all your spacing. Who else yes. on the floor was spacing the floor? All the spacing. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's why I say spacing is a bigger need this off season than that playmaking for general point guard everyone keeps talking about. It, much more like that's going to help Tatum as a playmaker. That's going to help the offense function more consistently. If you just have a guy on the wing, who's going to be a knockdown shooter. This is why I didn't mind the Robinson idea. Herder. I get why people keep talking about him. Uh, there's just a bunch of different names out there that could potentially help this team spacing. And the tricky thing is, is that you're in on a backcourt right now. And Murray doesn't really help this either. If you're going to talk about him, your backcourt just doesn't give you much shooting right now especially when Pritchard can't play. And if you're talking about the bench right now, swapping him out wouldn't be the worst idea in the world just because the coach doesn't seem to trust him to have a full-time role. And what good is that if the, if you're competing for a championship right now? I like Pritchard as much as anyone, but he's got to be able to play every night and play 15, 20 minutes. He's not that guy. Well, I thought it was um, Schroeder's fault that, that Pritchard couldn't, couldn't play. Yeah couldn't succeed. He had a nice Again, I believe in Pritchard more than Eme seems to. I would have played him a lot more. Well, when every time he went in the game, he bricked three quick shots and there was, he was like, all right, that's <laughs> that'll do pig. That'll do. That, that was yeah. the Neesmith approach too. 
Yeah, pretty much. When you Smith, you had an idea that that might happen. Richard, you, you hope there is definitely a lot of team to potentially do this offseason, just about how much they're willing to expand the salary. And that's what I wrote about again on Saturday. You've been sounding this alarm as much as anyone, John. We don't, how much is this team willing to pay? They have a significant advantage if they decide we're going to be the team that dives deep into we're the, going into the sacks. Else. I don't care. We're spenders. Makes Because a, a lot of other teams offload their money and try to avoid it. Again, uh, it, there's. The if other teams are trying to cheap out or tank, you've got to be there to capitalize. That's the market, you know. Uh, you know, you find that you f- you find that soft spot and and you strike. That's where you get better. If you don't have the draft picks and you don't have the young, you know, you don't have the capital, you don't have the young and developing players on your roster right now. You have to you have to throw money at the problem. It's their you only were, advantage. You were alluding to Brad's comments on Thursday, and they were worrisome yeah that's the thing is all all when you say well you know you can read it two ways you know brad did say and we you know bobby and i are listening in on the you know the press conference there um that you know you know we know what it is and we've been thinking about it and you know if we use it and we don't know if we'll use it the tpe and that was the first time he entertained the possibility of it not being used and look i get it Celtics are in a little bit of pressure because it expires when it does and teams know that they have to use it or lose it so they can kind of bully them a little bit if they're only in negotiations with one team on one player they can really set the market there because it's like if you don't use it you get nothing and they have to know that so Brad has to leave open the possibility at least publicly that hey shoulder shrug if it didn't work out so be it but you also wonder like what is actually being said behind the scenes. And do they really have the ability to use the the full exception? My prediction for what happens here is that they don't, is that they use part of it, but then they offload some other salary somewhere else. And so they're not heavy taxpayer teams. So I see if they use an ML, if they use this, they might use eight, nine, 10 million portion of it, but not all of it. Let the rest expire and trade somebody like Grant, who you're going to have to pay in a year. So you might be taking one step forward, one step backward with something like this, if you end up using it, that's my concern. And so that's what they're trying to weigh here. Are you just going to take on the salary just for the sake of taking on the salary? I don't think they're going to do that. And if other teams are like, yeah, but you got to give me three firsts also. They're probably not going to do that either. So they are not in an awesome position there. I, I, really, all they can do is take on something. You might have to team. overpay. They they, 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 they got to take on something another team desperately wants to drop. And if they find something that they actually covet, then they're going to have to probably overpay. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you just have to. Yeah. Well, so I don't know. What do you guys think, Jimmy? The, overpay overpay the, for a player that maybe you're that player away from winning a title. I mean, it makes yeah. it a lot, it makes yeah. it a lot more easier to, to suck that one up. Yeah. But and without, any, without, you lose without any certainty, Jamie, you can say, Hey, you know, would he push us over the top? I'm not sure. And again, we could play this game last year. Could they have kept more guys? We always, we all talk. Could they have found a way to not have put Richardson into that deal? Right. Yeah. If they didn't, would they be to. champions right now? You know? Yeah. They'd be taxpayers, but would they be champs too? Right. And you wouldn't even need to use this if you did that potentially, right? Like then you'd be in a position where you may be deep enough. And everyone's saying Richardson for a reason here. I don't think that's the right guy, but you're missing that piece now. And that's what you're looking to get back. And if you don't, if you got a Richardson back right now, you'd be pretty psyched. You'd be like, that's pretty good use of the TPE. I like that. You know? Yeah. That's what you got last year. And everybody thought it was good use of it. 
You know, I didn't love it, but it worked. Well, no, we yeah, were we, we actually didn't it. like it at all. We were it. dubious. Bobby hated it. Yeah, I've we all hated it. Him, I think what he's been playing well ever since. I didn't love say, the I didn't, didn't love the Mo Brown throw in, so that was my stupidity. Uh, <laughs> didn't we all say that? Um, no, I was, was like, going to be I the was, least liked player on the team. I was trying to sell him on it. I was telling Bobby, like, hey, no. two years ago, this guy was no. the future in Miami. Like, like the, this guy's got a pedigree. He shot he, the hell out of the ball he out just of had, nowhere. He just had a kind of bad route here no. after he went to Philly I will or pull the tapes. I guarantee you, you said that he's going to be the least liked no, player. No, Bobby, was I, not, was I not trying to convince you that Richardson is better than you were giving him credit for? No. Yeah, probably a little bit. You said yeah. he was going to be the most hated player on the team by Celtics fans. Well, really? that's because he loves Schroeder. I will pull the tape. Pull the I'm tape, Jimmy. I'm it. Get on it. He wasn't Please. capable of saying anything negative about Schroeder, so he had to go to the next guy down. We all love Schroeder, you <laughs> d- damn it. Literally, <laughs> we called it an off-season saving move. Unilater—that was We were totally yeah, unanimous we on that. They went from a non-playoff team to a playoff team. Right? I know. I changed my mind on it, but John, he's second. He's still because you fell in love he's... with the idea of Pritchard. He's because available, John. It wasn't just that. What ended up happening is Schroeder became such an easy boogeyman for all the problems. It was what Jimmy would always say. You can't blame your kids, so you got to blame somebody else's kids, <laughs> yeah. you know? It wasn't exactly. Jason who was shooting 29% wrong. from three. It was Schroeder was making him do it, you know? Like, yeah. it became ridiculous. It wasn't that we loved Schroeder. I thought he was brutal. But, like, the criticism some, was way over the, the top. Criticism had gone so far that Jimmy and I had to dig in a little bit. That's well, what you happened. Know, you, you, we had no choice. <laughs> we had no choice. You gave you us t- no choice. <laughs> you get Tice in that deal, and now all of a sudden it's like, can Tice be part of this team's future? So you're still asking a question at that same uh, rotation spot in the, on the team there. That's another one we have to hit on nice. before this yeah. before the season gets on. Oh, yeah. There's a million different things you could potentially change about this team. It's going to be interesting if they really tinker along the edges or if they just run it back and hope that it rounds out again. That's going to be the I, and biggest I, one. And I joke about this. I I honestly think, and Bobby, you and I argued about this. Kemba? Not don't, Ke- don't do this, John. Just listen. I do not care for Kemba Walker to return here, but I I believe that – if you made the deal, if you made the Kemba deal and got the 13th pick in the draft and Kemba, that you'll get more out of the TPE than you would get with what they're actually going to do with the TPE. That was a free draft pick. You're going to do the opposite. You're going to give away a draft pick or two to bring in a player that may or may not help you. I would have rolled the dice with the 13th pick and Kemba, keep them or not, buy them out or put them on the bench and let the rest of the TPE expire or use a portion of it on another smaller player. I think that would be a better pack. Kemba plus $9 million somewhere else, plus the 13th pick in the draft, I believe would be a better overall package than what you'll actually end up getting with the TPE. Unless you've got really grand designs like Murray, in which case, if you're leaving doors open for big things, yes, sure. But if you're just going to use like a fraction of it on a, on a, on a guy, I, I don't think that was an awful move. No, not for them because they're young and they're rebuilding, but the Celtics aren't. So I, do you even have minutes for Darren next year? Like, who's the right pick? You're there? dying for bench depth. Al Horford's about to die. You know, like, I mean, I, I, Hor- any one of those picks could be a bust. 
I know that, but I mean, again, any one of those picks could be Dejounte Murray. You know, like could be could. There's so many possibilities there. It might not have been that guy. It might have been the guy from Duke. You're looking for a big. You're looking for defense. You're looking for rim protectors. There was guys there. There were people you could have drafted in that spot that might have stepped in and played next year, and certainly in a year or two. And you're talking about an Al Horford succession plan and um and uh and 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 insurance for Rob. I mean, you had a couple of players who would have been available to you at that spot if that's the direction you wanted to go. I think that's going to be a better and more impactful player than what you were going to ultimately get. You would just have to know, realistically, I'm not going to use this TP for anything major because I'm not prepared yeah. to give the asking price for it. Whatever whatever it is people are going to want, I don't know if I'm going to give it. I, I'm not interested in a pick. Yeah, I, I'd rather trade more away than acquire another one. And I had no real interest in moving into the first round either. I don't think there's anyone there that. Really How come? Let me ask me. you a question. When I say when I say something like "keep a draft pick," it could end up being a really good player. I get a comment like this, but everything else, it's like, John, why do you have to view everything through through a negative lens? Why can't? Why? What is wrong with people? Okay, no, give me. I mean, that's fair. What What are we that's doing fair. here? Bobby was just very negative about draft picks. Bobby took. Oh my God, John, you're being so negative. Hey, the Celtics could draft a really good player at 13. John, what the hell? They could also be Neesmith. Hey, remember? Well, they suck at drafting, John. So it's you. They they don't suck at drafting. It's a new guy. You love to tell the story, John. This show started with you and Jimmy saying it was a championship team and me saying they were going to lose round two. I know. So it does change. It's so ridiculous. Anyway, uh, all right. You, you want public enemy number one? I'll give you public enemy number one. Here's how we're going to close the show. We're going to talk about this guy. Okay. Here's our boy, Jalen Brown. Oh, we're talking about Jalen Brown, everybody. Look at that. A quote, uh, a tweet put out there. Jalen Brown is so disrespected by Celtics fans, liked by Jalen Brown. Which I don't even get. Uh, where are these Celtics fans that are disrespecting Jalen Brown? Like, I what, think they're literally this? talking about me. Yeah. You, you might be right. But, they could be talking about you. But not just me. It's not an ego thing. The fellow, you know, like you. The, the Tony Maz is the people who are like, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, can we be real? Jalen Brown is not disrespected by Celtics fans. Jalen Brown is revered and adored by Celtics fans. Are we serious here? Like, I understand there'll be a person or two in the media, and myself included, who's going to freak out over his turnovers and be critical. Fine. That's going to exist. Do you believe fans are not all in on Jalen Brown? Right. To the point that's, that he's going to like something like this to make a point like, yeah, right on. This guy knows. Well, this relates to trade discussions with him, and they're tough to have because it was going to be a Durant thing. We would have been doing it here if it wasn't for the Kyrie news. We would have been but... saying, I mean, Bobby, Mr. Positive, and I love all the Celtics, would ship Jalen Brown out on the first train. <laughs> for Durant, Yeah. And that's not a disrespect to Brown. In fact, I've said Brown's untradeable in the past. I never knew Durant would potentially become available. But and it is it's, just it's, about it's, every other move. I, I wouldn't move him. But again, it's not a it's not a disrespect thing. I love his game. I think he's an integral part to this team here. But these are the discussions we have, and sometimes you get criticism. And I don't think we've seen Brown handle criticism the best over the year, last year or two here. Um, you know, especially when it comes to the turnovers. And obviously I've kind of had experience with this on the ground. 
the ball control with him, it's a real I also don't want to deal with for Durant, by the way. That's the that's the irony of this whole thing. I absolutely I you guys crapped on me. I do not want to make this trade. Mm-hmm. I, if it were available, I would not trade Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant. Bobby would. The ball control with Brown, it's it's a real story. And that every time you try to approach it with him or even email, like they just kind of tiptoe around it. And like I think a number of topics when it comes to criticism around Brown, there's I want to say a sensitivity to it, but he doesn't love it, you know, when when things get a little critical against him there. And I don't well, think he, he like that's that's part of being like a leader on a team, right? Is kind of understanding that the heat's going to turn up a little on you when things get down, or you know, sometimes your name's going to be thrown around trade discussions. Guys say it's all business. Like this is just kind of part of the position he stepped into on this team and in this league. And I, like, it shouldn't be a sign of disrespect, right? Like it's not. I think everybody here understands who Brown is and what he's meant to this team, and he's been an enormous. So let me say this. this year, but. We come on, you know, if they're talking about people like us, listen, we, I, I think we all try to tell it like it is. We come on the show after a game. If it's a great game, these players get praised. If it's a bad game, they get criticism. That's how it works. When this team was losing and losing and losing, and it was the most miserable experience being a fan and, and watching this team. Yeah. You start talking about potential changes that could be made. And it starts with players who are, you know, great players that you can get something for. That doesn't mean you want to trade the player or you're actively shopping him. But if you can improve your team, your team is struggling and you can find ways to improve it, that's a discussion that you that you have. You know, I'm, I'm sure that it's a discussion that front offices at least had, whether or not they came close to trading certain players or not, we'll never know. But to sit here and say, oh, he's so disrespected or he's so underappreciated, he's undervalued, this, that, and the other thing. I don't know if that's true. I mean, I think there are some games where Jay, some games where Jalen Brown's the best player on the court. And there are some games where he looks completely checked out and he turns the ball over and, you know, I don't, we don't need to go over it because we we've all seen it happen. Um, but this idea that everyone, every Celtics fan disrespects Jalen Brown. I see more people going to bat for Jalen Brown than probably anybody else on the team because of this idea that he is disrespected. So we're almost at the point now where he, he might be getting overvalued by Celtics fans. Never mind disrespected. I mean, how about that for a 180? I, yeah. I, if I had to pick one, do people have? Is it accurate representation of what Brown does? Do is he uh, is he underrated by fans or overrated by fans? I would say it's actually more likely he's overrated by fans, as as many Celtics are, because they love their team and they love their right. players. So I find this insane. But yeah, of course, there's plenty of people in the media who are going to be critical of things. I guess it's just something you can't do. Yeah, you know, what's happened since Jalen Brown liked this tweet? All of Twitter has been lit up with like, "We love you, Jalen. You're the best. You know, please don't leave us. You know, like." Uh, I'll see you at the Red so, Lobster. <laughs> <laughs> it it's not disrespectful. It's it's you're right. It's an asset. Is there anything disrespectful about somebody saying we want to trade you? You know who Celtics fans hate? It's smart. Like who gets killed more than smart? The most. The most. <laughs> they turn they turn on him like that. Oh it's the most. The same people love and hate him in the same twenty four hour yes. period, depending he on the mood. He's been blown out of town. You need a real point guard. Like, how about the amount of crap that uh, Smart has ate over eight years here from the fans, like the real fan? Like, I know we're talking about the media here with Brown mostly. I don't think there's been a lot of fan heat on Brown. The fans have been except on when Smart. they booed him, Let which me... still bothers him. 
let me tell you, smart, and look at how smart has handled it exceptionally. I think more often than not, he just goes out there, blows it off, and plays great more often than not. There doesn't really have to be this trepidation over what's being said about you on the outside. And we talked about this before, right? I think this team has an antenna to the noise a little bit more than it should. And this is probably part of being a young team. I think think most teams do. It's not just a young team. Kevin Durant's 45 years old and he can't get off his friggin' 12, you know, 12 phones. So like, it's not just Dr- Draymond, Draymond Green's not a friggin', you know, oh not young Lord, NBA standard. Talk and, about he, that. and he's listening to like 70 podcasts a day to see if somebody said something bad about him so he can go at him. You know, so like, I think it's a, it's a league-wide it's not a league-wide problem. It's life. This is people are on. Right. I mean, Jesus, I get notifications every week, and they're like, your screen time went up 700%. You've been on for like 45 hours a day. <laughs> I hate getting them. I'm like, oh, so like, that's everybody, man. You, you Mine's like, you don't- your, screen, your screen percentage is down 4%. I'm like, sweet. It's like, you were on your phone 11 for 25 hours. hours. <laughs> it's like, oh. I love that. It's decreased to 11 yeah, hours yeah. a day. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, oh, like, OK. Yeah. I, I tell my kids show. they can only get 20 minutes of screen time a day. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm on it for 17 hours. Yeah. I've got my, well, my 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 10 year olds protesting out the door. More screen time right now. Yeah. Oh, man, it's bad. It's yeah. Bad. So anyway, yeah, it's. I, I, this I left this tweet up here. This is why I don't do the deal. I, I Durant to me is someone who can go go off a cliff at any point in time just based off of age. Oh, and, no, he's not know, available. We don't an injury history. He's it. not available. I don't yeah. think it's disrespectful to include Brown in a trade. The reason he gets included is he's always been the best asset you felt you could live without in the early days. Now he's literally the only asset you have to potentially upgrade talent if you wanted to get from you know someone of his caliber up into the Durant range so to speak and so that's the only way that you're going to get a player like that is if you trade one of the Jays Brown gets mentioned more than Tatum I'm not certain that that's the right thing it just seems like the organization the fans and most people have really settled in on Tatum being the guy and Brown being the 1A so every time a trade proposal comes up the only right. thing of value that could what possibly talk be talked about? about is Brown it just it, everyone wants it to be smart but Nobody wants smart for the type of thing that you want to get for him. And that's the problem. So it always comes back to Jalen. Yeah. Yeah. I think in this case, I think in this case, I saw it as this is the best potential player that the Nets could have gotten for uh, the Nets could have gone for Durant. So that was a real power piece for you. You know, like if you were not, it was a sign of respect. It's a sign of respect that if you were to do it, I would not be folding in multiple picks as well. Screw that. Yeah. You're getting a young, ascending, still ascending player, and you're giving right. me a 34-year-old guy that has demanded a trade. You're not getting a better player than Jalen Brown in this deal. In fact, I want picks from you, you know, like <laughs> if you had any. So I think it's fun for us to kick this around, but from the Celtics' perspective, the real power they have, and we've talked about this and debated it, is that you have these two guys – if Brown sticks around for 10 years, 15 years, like you want to think that this is going to be your core for a long time. And, and they're going to keep getting better anymore, you. Go on. Well, yeah. So you need to make him feel secure. You need to empower him. Like whatever concerns he's having right now, I think you have to address if they're there. I mean, this is what we're talking about because he's a free agent in two years here. If he leaves for nothing, or even if he just gets uncomfortable with where he's at in his contract year, 
you're kind of screwed. And this is his extension off season. You're not going to be able to get it done just because the money that you can pay him is limited here. So he's going to go to free agency, unrestricted free agency in two years. You have no real power at all if he wants to go elsewhere and start his own situation here. So I think it's been good that the Celtics all along have really hammered that he's not going anywhere. We're not even listening. And I believe them on that. They might've even carried that approach in the KD negotiations just because of the fact that you really got to make sure he stays here. Like this is the only thing that makes you special is that you have these two players here playing together, rising together. You can't lose him. Even with how awesome Tatum is, I don't think him alone vaults you anywhere. Like Brown really was the, thing that separated them from a lot of these teams that they went against here like other teams had their number ones rolling but they couldn't find their number two and brown throughout the playoffs was just rolling as a number two uh the whole way i really thought so big credit to what he did last year i still think he has room to grow i still wouldn't trade him for pretty much anyone i'd probably throw murray in that group um you gotta figure out the other pieces on the roster where they are but this is what makes you special right now you have tatum you have brown tatum's probably going to be here forever because this is his team this situation the worry you have with Brown is that he feels underappreciating and eventually wants to start his own thing. I mean, remember the um, Bull Pet report from when everything was going to hell? That, you know, he might want to leave no matter what they do at the deadline or what they do here or there. That came from somewhere. So you know? that like, was about as vague as it could be in terms yeah, of the like, wording of it. Jalen Brown well. might seek to think about potentially looking for other options if and when and maybe in two years from now. There yeah. was not a lot of meat on that bone. Uh, not to disrespect the reporting, but that's a very plugged-in reporter. But that was kind of like it, – it might as well have been worded as it's not a 100% lock he resigns. But here, it's which, a theme, John. Which, of course, I, people know. Yeah. It's a theme we're seeing develop – I see Kanye mentioned in the chat again here. Like there was no mistake that that in that Kanye statement, it discussed just how underrated and how underappreciated Brown is. Like I just see this thing being tossed around again and again. Even when I ask him about Tatum getting double teamed, oh, I get double teamed too. Like, it's always the, been his thing. Yeah. He's, he seems like a he's he seems like he requires a little bit of managing um, and I understand it, but like, he doesn't like to be singled out. He feels like he's scapegoated too often. He feels like, you know, yeah, I, you know, he gets people freak out to his turnover numbers, but ignore Tatum's and they're actually pretty friggin' close even during the regular season. And so some I of do, it might be reason. I don't think any of us are saying that it's unreasonable approach by him. I understand it, but to affect you to the point that you're going to be like, I got to get out of here, man. Nobody like that's like, that's what that, you hope doesn't happen. But that becomes kind of like wherever you go, there you are sort of thing. Like if you're unhappy here, you might be unhappy at the next place too. Like what, what's going to happen? They're going to, you, you go to a team that brings in another good player and people start liking that player too. And you're going to be like, I'm not respected enough here too. So like just play and let everything sort itself out. Do you have to be the one? Is ego that important to you? Like, I don't understand this notion of disrespect, uh, you know, fully here. It's just, Maybe he just wants the ball in his hands at all times and he wants to be the unquestioned alpha of a team. If I had to bet, does Brown re-sign here or does he look to move on? I, I'd lean towards B, uh, honestly. So I think you have to you have to consider it in, in your thinking. I don't know how you do. I mean, it's obviously not something that's going to be addressed outright, right? Like you're just kind of hanging on whether or not that's his motive until the day he hits free agency. And you can just be flat out screwed. Right. I mean, he's not going to ever demand a trade. It's just, yeah. you're going to, you're going to have to hope that you, like, like John said, you either, you have to trust your instinct. If you think he's, Oh, you hope resign, like Derek says in the chat there, you, winning heals all. 
Yeah. Then you have then, then you run the risk of, you know, if you're the Celtics, you're the bad guy. You know, you're the you're the you're the Danny Ainge trading Isaiah Thomas situation and all the fans. I mean, pissed, but Kawhi Leonard left after winning a championship. So right. again, I, <laughs> it's nothing. There's no guarantee. You have to you got to hedge your bets if you have a really right. good feeling. Loyalty um, is is not what it used to be. And I'm just saying I'm not just blaming blaming players. It's both ways. Teams will teams will throw you to the wolves too. So the loyalty this, is this not. This is why not that finals really loss. Good. This is why that finals loss is a little bummer, right? Because you're young, but you do have a window, and that window is brown. So your first of three shots here at it. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, we talked about everything. I think we're going to talk about here. Um, you know, and yeah. uh, that's that. That's it uh, on a night where again to recap the highlights. Kyrie Irving opts in. Um, uh, and that was kind of the major story of the day. And there's still a lot percolating around the, um, the idea of a potential DeJounte Murray trade. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think we all agree here. Celtics, if they can, um, should be looking, should be free looking agency. to get involved. Yeah. Thursday, uh, six free, o'clock. Free agency starts on Thursday. We will be back with a show. Oh yes. We're doing a show. Is it this Thursday? Next Thursday. This Thursday. This Thursday, we will be back with a show. So uh, make sure you keep it here. And also please support our sponsor, the number one wellness app in America, over 100 million users, com.com slash garden. Um, go there, receive a 40% off premium subscription uh, for, again, a terrific uh, sleep and meditation app that we all use uh, religiously uh, here at the Garden Report. And that's no lie. Uh, Jimmy can't get it off his phone. He's listen- he listen- He spends a... He's he stopped listening to us. He's just been listening to Calm for the last 15 minutes. I can't hear you, so. (laughs) Uh, So that's going to wrap it up again. It's, uh, you know, Jimmy Toscano, Bobby Manning, John Zanis with the Garden Report. Thank you guys for hanging. We do appreciate it. Please support us by, um, you know, uh, subscribing to our YouTube channels, telling your friends about uh, this coverage. If it's something you enjoy, the more the merrier. We really grew our audience again this year. Um, You know, we've been doing this now since the bubble. uh, And so uh, we pop up every time there's breaking news. Uh, We'll be doing probably two shows per week throughout the offseason. So you'll still get plenty of stuff. And if, of course, there is any breaking news, we'll make sure to hop in here immediately and do a live broadcast. So subscribe to our YouTube channels. Hit that little bell. You know, turn on your notifications. You'll be notified every single time we go live. You can follow all of us on Twitter as well. uh, And we will let you know, of course, when uh, there are uh, going to be live broadcasts and other content on the channel, as well as Celtics CLNS on Twitter. Um, So we'll leave it with this. Um, I don't know if this is for us or for the chat, but I'll just assume it's us. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably both, to be honest. Just a whole big toxic community we got here that we all love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>